you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Matis. Adam, would you prefer a ratings joke or a protest joke? Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Let's go with a protest joke. Well, if I screw this protest joke up, we can just replay the whole thing and, and it'll be like it never happened. Should I? Should we have gone with the ratings joke? <laughs> very solid. Very solid. It was, very it, was, solid. it was better in my head. I was poorly executed. <laughs> you know, it just comes down to making or missing jokes. Um, today's show, we are going to bounce around. There were four games played tonight. None in the late game slot, even though, even though uh, the always awful. Cowboys, NFC, whatever game it was on for the NFL. The NBA just said, nope, we aren't going to mess with that and didn't offer up a late night game. Uh, the Rockets beat the Raptors 119-109. Nuggets beat the Knicks 129-92. Suns beat the Pelicans in overtime 139-132. to And the Wizards surprised the Philadelphia 76ers 119-113. Uh, in the second segment, we are going to kind of bounce around the news. And then finally, we are going to try out our brand of power rankings in the final segment. Let's start, though, with the Wizards kind of sort of shocking the Sixers. Didn't shock me. Didn't shock you. <laughs> okay, it did shock me. I All did right. not have the, I was going to say, like, I didn't, I didn't have the Wizards <laughs> in the like Nostra Adam over here. But... but no, go ahead. Yeah, so somebody there is a, a, you know every every game you get handed a, a what's called a scouting report from from a coaching staff. Like they'll put they'll compile a list of traits from each player and they'll tell you, hey, this is what that guy does. And when you give a scouting report about Davis Bertans, he's a three point shooter <laughs> is very high on the list of things they tell you. But unfortunately, I don't think this is this is information that I don't think got uh, trickled down to the Philadelphia 76ers players. Wizards this year have been one of the more underrated, especially on offense. They've been way better on offense than maybe they should be. And, you know, they jump up and bite teams sometimes. I don't I, – yeah, top five offense. I don't – I mean, I don't even know if it's underrated anymore. I mean, that, that's that's what they do well. You you don't get to have a minus four differential if and the fourth best offense in the league <laughs> unless you have a really, really good offense and a slightly worse defense. But, no, they are. They, they're very dynamic offense. They've got a lot of shooters. And I'll tell you what, Davis Bertan – that guy, he is a player in my opinion. I mean, he really is yeah. a shooter. 45.3% this season on eight over eight three-pointers a game. Yeah. 45%. These are some these are Steph Curry numbers yeah. that Davis Bertans is putting up. And he walked away for basically for, for nothing from San Antonio. They could probably use him. Yeah. Uh yeah, the probably good. next game on the docket was the Rockets beating the Raptors in Toronto. Uh, the Rockets made 22 of their own threes, and uh, Russell yeah. Westbrook had a triple double that mattered. Congratulations! That's that's cool. <laughs> ben Mclemore also big 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 night from him. Eight for 17 from three, and 
The Rockets, so you talk, Anthony, I know a lot of people lament, you know, sometimes in basketball, like you had the four factors and these ones are the ones that determine the game or most determine it. And the people that really complain about the state of the NBA complain that nowadays three point makes is probably the biggest indicator of whether or not you won a game. And mm-hmm. I think with Houston, this is it's be, it's become increasingly true. They have always taken the most three pointers and they have, all you know, uh, in a season. And so that's, there's no surprise that they are doing that and making the most now. Usually they're somewhere in the top 15, top 10 in in percentages. They are all the way down there uh, right now, all the way down at, where was it, 26th in three-point percentage on the season. That's crazy. But so, so you kind of wonder, they're not shooting the ball horribly well. Maybe that's because of the roster. Maybe that a lot of that probably has to do with Westbrook, who was 0 of 6 tonight. Mm-hmm. But on nights like tonight, when you get a role player like P.J. Tucker go 5 for 10, or another role player like Ben McElmore go 8 for 17, you get really big wins. And this tonight was a monster win over a very good Toronto team. Yep. Then your Nuggets go into New York and, and take down the almighty Knicks. <laughs> the almighty Knicks for sure. Um, yeah, this one was a laugher. I think Denver was up 43 points or something at one time, 44 points. Um, the Knicks right now back to back. I think they've been down 42 games in a row and a handful of times. So you wonder when's the, the axe going to drop on David Fisdale. Obviously, I, I don't want to like put this all on him. The Knicks have a million different issues. Yeah, but whenever a team starts forwards. losing, <laughs> whenever a team starts losing, they got beaten every single quarter in this game in the second half was an entire was garbage time started at halftime um whenever you have teams that are losing this bad just it, you know inevitably something has to happen i expect that I, I i don't know that we're more than a few days if even that before the knicks do something uh, to shake it up i think i saw a tweet where all of the the knicks like quarter leadership weren't in their seats at the end of the game that's probably not a great sign like if you're yeah, the, I think it was redacted though. I did see that, oh, but really? I think it was also redacted of like, oh, oh yeah, they were. They just didn't. Uh, yeah, so that's um, don't, But honestly, you don't have to read into it like that. I mean, you look at this game and you just go, okay, um, down six after the first quarter, down twenty, uh, <laughs> actually more than twenty-two at the half, and you're just down forty-three at one point in the second half. So. Yeah, they're just they're at a place right now where I think you're going to keep seeing these double digits and even 20 plus point losses until something happens. And even then, Anthony, quite frankly, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that could come in and, and, and change this roster and, and, and make them sort of get some life into them to where they're competitive. Finally, the Suns go into New Orleans, win in overtime, 139 to 132. I had a note from this game that really stuck out to me. Like really, really stuck out to me, and it's probably it's going to change when Zion gets back if he if he comes back this year. Okay. New Orleans is tiny; they are mm. so small. And you know, Brandon Ingram fouls out of this game. At one point, he had to like repeatedly guard Frank Kaminsky, and, and I'm not claiming that Kaminsky is the next Hakeem or anything like that, but. Right. Like it's just every single night you're asking guys like Ingram, who isn't exactly large of frame on top of only being about six nine, to to go up and and guard guys that are way bigger than he yeah. is. Well, interesting enough. So, go ahead. 
Yeah, interesting enough. So, you know, the Lakers were obviously just in town in Denver, and um, it's been a story of the season, just how big they are, how long they are. But seeing them in person and just seeing how physically they just swallowed up a Nuggets roster that's not short by any means. They're they're probably above average, but nowhere close to just the size, Mm -hmm. both length, height, and and just also like girth. Like LeBron is (laughs) – it it was funny seeing Millsap guarding – LeBron, because LeBron is noticeably larger. Where I sit at the top of the lower level, you look at the two of them, and it looks like LeBron is just a giant versus Paul Millsap, who's a bruiser. Yeah. You know, Paul Millsap's a strength player. So um, I think that in five years' time, the way the league is trending, I wonder if in five years' time we'll look at, at – short teams, undersized teams, the same way we look at teams that can't shoot now, the team teams that put three plus um, non-shooters on the court. You just don't see it anymore because that's a death sentence. I wonder if putting, you know, more than two guys under six foot seven on the court at the same time is going to become a like, oh yeah, you can't do that anymore. Man, there went my time to shine. <laughs> Was that your point? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant, I meant that like, I, I I had all this time before now to be sub six seven and have my chance in the NBA and, and there it went. <laughs> oh oh yes, yes, yeah. What are you? Six two? You're a tall guy somewhat. Eh, not really. I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, I think about it because I'm six five, six six. Yeah, I'm a point guard in today's NBA. I mean <laughs> I mean I really I'm like an undersized shooting guard or like an average point guard. It's really it's really wild. Unless you played for New Orleans, in which case you'd be their starting center. At <laughs> <laughs> the mean streets of Denver, Colorado, the hotbed of hoops. You know, you're a power forward or a center even sometimes. So the, yeah. the world's changed. All right, let's take a a quick second here. When we come back, we have uh, some news to bounce around. Carmelo Anthony's contract is now guaranteed in the NBA. Uh, He's getting ready to play against the Lakers and LeBron James, his buddy, uh, on tomorrow or today by the time you guys are listening to this. So so plenty of stuff to still get to. And hang tight also for the first edition of our power rankings, which could go really, really well or might not go that well either. (laughs) So, Adam, Carmelo Anthony is back in the NBA. He is going to be in the NBA for the remainder of this season. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, completely guaranteed the, the the remainder of his deal for this season. That's, you know, as, as much as fun as people have had at Melo's expense over the years, this is like the one of the best ways this could have played out, right? No doubt about it. I mean, it's been a really good start, obviously, um, you know, and he has been fantastic. But I think the thing, so a couple things here about the Carmelo situation. One is, you know, it's only been a couple games, and I'm not trying to splash water on this. It's just this is a really, really great feel-good story right now. But for it to be a feel-good story all year, you know, you're going to have to keep it up, keep up the consistency. But the other part of it for me, Anthony, is, you know, he's always been, Carmelo's always been a talented player, and he's always been capable of playing well defensively in particular in small stretches. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's playing so hard defensively right now, it's almost as frustrating as it is anything else because you look at it and you go, you are this good. What was, you know, what what were you doing all along? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that was part of the takeaway initially with Dwight was 
dude, this is the, this is literally the player. If if Dwight just did the things he was doing for the Lakers throughout his prime and focused on those things it's a great only comp, yeah. for the entirety of his per, his prime, he would go down as one of the, not just the best centers ever to play and most talented centers ever to play, which he already is, but he would also have lended himself to so much winning. And, right. and, and and you could say the same thing like you're saying about about Melo. So much. I've been uh, thinking about this so much this season, watching this Nuggets team because, you know, I I think the Nuggets are a lot more talented than what they have have showed so far. But you know, there's these other things, and, and it's made me think about how much of basketball in an eighty game, eighty two game se- uh, season, how much of basketball is just about the lessons you learn along the way to like reaching your potential, or at least whatever the the best is. And some teams, I think, are a lot closer to their potential right now. But the same, this could be say, the the same about players. Is how much of this is about how quickly you can sort of learn the lessons you need to to unlock your game. LeBron's a player right now in his seventeenth season who I don't think has any weaknesses. He sort of slowly chipped away at them over his seventeen years and really over the last ten. And you look at Carmelo, he. Improved, no doubt about it, in his tenure. But there were so many lessons that even in year 13, 14, you were like, man, this guy just never learned these things. And now I'm not saying he has learned them, but he's certainly showing that he's willing to, like, sort of go to class <laughs> um, and and try to perform at him. And it is, it's both really nice to see, but also a little bit just uh, head scratching that, that it's taken this situation for him to buy in. Yeah, it's it's bordering on bittersweet, you know. It really is, and you know the the, the annoying thing that I the, or the thing that I've the take that I've always found kind of annoying and, and tedious about Melo was, well, if he really cared about winning, he wouldn't have taken all the money he did in New York and this and that and the other. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Why why focus on the money aspect of this when when there's such clear concerns with his approach to the game of basketball like we saw after like um, olympic mellow was an actual thing right he was, oh yeah he was this he was he was this player who lended himself to winning by making those sacrifices when he was surrounded by the correct superstars and 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 people that he uh respected a little bit more and you just ask like what where is that mellow come nba time and but and but also desire to right fit here. in <laughs> yeah yeah but but i don't want to make this sound negative for him because I really am you really am happy for him and you know it'll be interesting to see now how Portland can sort of climb the the standings to to no I don't want to say get back in this because it's December 5th I mean we're everybody's in this really um but just want to see how they do they're right now a game and a half out of the eight seed I really want to see how they can keep uh some of the momentum going yeah, the other bit of news from <laughs> the, the the daily docket across the NBA today was the Portland or the not the Portland the Houston Rockets officially, I believe, <laughs> filing their protest uh, to replay the final seven minutes and change from their game two full nights ago. They've had I love it. Two days to make this decision. So I love in, it in the most Rockets way possible. They made the most Rockets decision possible. Can you imagine reading this protest too? Like, I just want to see the the letter, the the formal formal complaint. That I mean, just how did it read? I, I'm sure it was glorious. I, I just <laughs> I want the league be, should just respond with a no. Like, just <laughs> I want to be there when Adam Silver got that formal request after seeing literal days of reports that Houston's thinking about doing this. They just might do this. Don't you call our bluff? We actually going to do this, and then they finally do it. And Adam Silver's like. What? 
They were yeah. up. They were up. So the the premise of this protest, I guess, while we're just quickly touching on it here, was that James Harden dunked a ball on a breakaway. It got it got caught up in the net, wrapped back around the rim, and bounced off the rim in a way that made the referees think that that dunk missed it. And right. uh, they they were up legitimate complaint. They were up. Yes, that's fair. Uh, they were up 13 at the time of this dunk and wound up losing that game by two points. So the thinking behind this protest is that, well, we only lost by two points. If you just add those two points from earlier in that game, <laughs> we at least get overtime and we get right. we, we would. So how, how do you think this plays out? Like, do you <laughs> should the NBA maybe not the final seven and whatever minutes that they had left, but maybe add five for overtime? Or just outright say, just shut up, go away. I think I think this, the latter, and here's why. I mean, where is the line? I mean, you remember a few years back yeah. when Kevin Durant took like three steps out of bounds, and somehow the ref just did not call it, yeah. and, and like just didn't notice the th- all three of them. Yeah. I mean, that that's another one because I think with this one you could just say, oh no no no, this is black and white. Like if you go to the review, you'll see, and and like of course, but some foul calls are black and white, some out of bounds calls are black and white, and they mm-hmm. just go overlooked. So um, yeah, I think the league says sorry tough break you know that's that's the breaks of the game and and you got to move on can i and and quite frankly the rockets need to move on they do too many of these there's just (laughs) too many too much protesting with the houston rocket basketball is not all it's not just about like not about the numbers but it's not all about like oh we have to get this 100 percent right some of this is about like hey mentally we have to be in our zone how do we get better so that we don't need this bad call to change a game for us and they just seem to never be in that headspace as an organization i don't want to say that the team isn't but but you do set sort of the tone as an organization from the top yeah, absolutely. Also, while we're kind of sort of on this subject, though, can we on plays where a team thinks that they scored, literally scored two points? So in a situation like this, or on a goaltend, or whatever, or a goaltend that was called, and and that wants to be challenged, if a play directly affects two points, or three points, or one point, or whatever. That should be reviewed. That should. Do you know how annoying Rockets games would be every single game? No, but, but that, no, I'm Twenty-five talking, reviews. I'm talking about actual plays that, that like a goaltend or a. Or here, here's case, here's here, here's a where I fall. Basket that didn't count. Here's where I fall on this, Anthony. Uh-huh. Just why do we need it? Is is this a real issue that's plaguing the game, and the game is not good because we got a cr- no? Like, oftentimes when you try to fix a problem with these crazy extremes, you just mm-hmm. end up creating a whole new one. And to me, the coach's challenge has been this way. I mean, coaches Oof. are Oof. not uh, referees are not agreeing to overturn any type of call, no matter how obvious they well, are. There. We saw and, one last night the the Fred Van Vliet three pointer where he kicked out his foot. I was shocked that they overturned it. To be honest. But that, the, the, those point. are you. You know why though? Because that was one where a player tricked a ref, so a ref mm-hmm. can be like, "Ah, I was tricked." Not I was wrong. Not like, "Oh, I missed it." It's like, "Oh, I was tricked." <laughs> so like, the, that's the one gray area that the refs will agree to. I want an independent ar- arbiter. Like, if you're gonna do this whole thing, play it out to the nth degree. If you're gonna do all these coaches challenge and stuff, like, remember Deal or No Deal? Of course. <laughs> I want it to go up to like a booth in the arena and they you shine the light on this one tiny little suite and this guy holds his thumb up or he holds his thumb down. And then like the referee <laughs> has to run like a suicide or something as a result of his mistake. That's I'm what, with it. 
I, <laughs> the referee has to just do push-ups or play without a you know referee the rest of the game without a shirt. Some something to really humiliate him. My I actual like my actual hot take that I I actually really believe here is that if you start finding player or uh, referees for calling flops, that that would immediately get rid of flopping. So. Yeah, I like it. A couple of other notes, Toby, real quick before we go to the final segment. Um, Westbrook is shooting 21% on threes on 5.4 per game. I mean, that's just an absurdly low number. Clint Capella, eight straight games tonight with 19 or more rebounds. That's an NBA record. I Actually, it goes all the way back to like 1968. And he's doing that um, with Russ on his team. Well, I think that's why. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of boards to be had. <laughs> uh, we mentioned D- Davis Burton, so we did not talk about Devin Booker tonight, who had 44 points. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've got to say, Anthony, the number one player I have sort of been impressed by this year, I think, is Devin Booker. He's shooting right now 51%, 41% from three, 90, basically 95 if we round up from the free throw line. That's crazy. Just incredible efficiency. And I've just been impressed with the way he's played. I actually, my note on Devin Booker, I think he could be more aggressive, and he's a guy that I have never once thought that in his previous season. So I, I've been impressed with him. And then lastly, yeah, boy, Rajon Rondo, fifty percent from the three-point line, <laughs> just like we all predicted. Just like we all predicted. Can we uh, get- actually also fifty percent on the season? Dwight Howard. <laughs> the, I think they're calling them the Splash Brothers in L.A. It's. <laughs> We, we've made it up ourselves, right? We didn't. Right. Nobody has original. ever. Nobody has ever used that before. Let's uh, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we're gonna make our. Well, you're going to offer up our our your power rankings, and I'm gonna react. Probably not all that well to them, seeing as I know Sounds how you right. like to treat me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Adam, we're going ten to one here. Who is who is your tenth best team in the NBA right now? A bit of a surprise on this one, and and admittedly, I'm a little bit lower than I think most people are. But the Philadelphia 76ers came in tenth for me. Mm-hmm. They would have come in a little bit higher had they not just lost to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of like extreme recency so that's how bias here. Go. That a is how power rankings go. That yeah. I didn't understand how power rankings work. I, I studied up. <laughs> yes, the uh, joke. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Uh, no, but you know Philadelphia is eight and two in their last ten, so they they do have a, a few things going here. They lost to Toronto. They've beaten up on some bad teams. I mean, everybody's beating the Knicks right now. They beat them by six <laughs> points, by the way. Narrow win against Indiana. But the thing to me is, I think the more this season goes on, the more you look at that 76ers team and just wonder, like, is this really? Like, like, is this really the team that's going to get them over the hump? And if not, is it, you know, <laughs> do you fully abandon the process between Embiid and Simmons? Tonight, Simmons just so pat, like some nights he's so, re- he's always reluctant to shoot the ball, but some nights he's reluctant to just be too aggressive. And I thought tonight was one of them. I, I just, heading into the year, my number one concern with Philly was, are they going to be able to score enough? And if not, is their defense going to be, uh, great, great enough to make up for that, and they have, I believe, we said the fourth best ranked, uh, the, the the fourth best defense in the league. So that that's holding up its end of the bargain. But they they can't score, <laughs> and, yeah. and you need you need to be able to score in the regular season. All right, they also just have that thing where Simmons and Embiid have played together so long. At some point, 
guys start to get annoyed by each other's weaknesses. Yeah. And both of them have weaknesses that kind of hurt each other. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if that they never got over the hump enough for things not to get stale. I, it's God, early, but poll. I do thinking like yeah. who who who's angrier at the other person, Simmons for Embiid never getting <laughs> in shape, or Embiid for Simmons never developing a three pointer? That's a great yeah. question. Go ahead. Though. Yeah. So number nine, I have the Pacers. Um, started off a little rough, starting to get a little bit more going. But, um, you know, I'm impressed. I, I, I think they're going to be a, a really good team, especially, you know, when and if they get, you know, Oladipo back into the mix. Um, so Indiana Pacers, they 14 and 7, 1, 2, 7 of their last three. Uh, I've got them as number nine. I don't, I don't have any Indiana Pacers stakes. None whatsoever. This is the least surprising news <laughs> I could have possibly imagined. Although I did see, I did see that they've had some trouble with Miles Turner and Demontis uh, Sabonis playing at the same time, so they've kind of moved more to staggering those guys, and it makes a little bit more sense. They're both fantastic players, so um, it's nice to always have one of those guys uh, on the court. Yeah. My next one, uh, I've got the Denver Nuggets, a team I know quite a bit about. <laughs> um, the Nuggets. So surprisingly, I don't. I haven't checked them today. The Nuggets were the number one defense in the league. Um, if, if not, they're somewhere in the top. You know, the top five certainly still after that. The Lakers won with defense, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Denver still number one. So Denver. Here's the thing about Denver: number one defense, which nobody saw coming. I think nope. it's funny that the critiques for Jokic for so long, where he can't play defense and he's not going to do it in the playoffs where it matters. Where now they have the number one defense, and they did, and, and he was incredible in the playoffs. And now it's well, yeah, but he's not bringing it in November, and it's kind of funny to me. But the truth is, he's he's not bringing it, and he didn't bring it in November. It's December now, and he's still not quite bringing it. Um, I think the Nuggets are going to be fine. I think they're going to be a solid team. In fact, they already are a solid team at fourteen and five, but they still haven't quite looked like what we expect, and that's why they're not higher on this list. Now that defensive rating is that taking into account the defensive the defenses everybody is making throughout that organization for Jokic or <laughs> no you know what's funny is I don't think anybody it, it was really interesting after the Laker game because losing to the Lakers I think there's like no shame in that one but mm-hmm. that was the game that finally got everybody to sort of admit that Jokic was in a slump including himself it started with him mm-hmm. um, all the time it's been oh yeah we're fine look at our record we're winning whatever but that was the first time he sort of said yeah this this is the longest slump I've ever been in so we'll see if, if that is what it takes to sort of shake him out of it yep alright who you got next the Boston Celtics who Denver plays tomorrow night way on too f- high. Friday um, <laughs> way too high <laughs> I love it. Fifteen and five. Yes. Uh, way, 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 way too high. I'm protesting um, all fifteen of those. Well, if you want to know the truth, the seventh, see, the seventh place in power rankings is among the most dull. So they they belong in that, that <laughs> like like seven. Nobody nobody's like bragging about being seventh in a power ranking. But the Celtics, I do think, you know, they are impressive. They're a tough out. Um, really, really, uh, you know, they're a good team. They struggled a little bit on that West Coast road trip, but most East Coast teams do. Uh, I think I think seventh is the right spot. Yeah, I, I I think they're good. It's kind of sort of where they're destined to always be. Like, that's that's the Brad Stevens sweet spot. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. For a while there, they were like the number one regular season team, you know, for several years. So I don't know. I think they're tougher than you give them credit for. But at the same time, they're going to be like your Denver's, like your Utah's, where they can be. They can have a great record, but I don't think too many people are going to buy them in the postseason just yet. Yeah. Uh, at, keeping it moving, after Boston, I got Toronto. 
I, I actually got five, six. I've got Rockets, Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been reversed. On who won game? Who who won the game tonight? A hundred percent. I think the top four are very sort of uh, sort of clear, at least to me right now. Mm-hmm. I really the top three, and then my fourth one maybe a little bit of a hot take. But yeah, it switches just because tonight that was a very impressive win for the Rockets. Who needed an impressive win? In Toronto, man, like I, I poke fun at the Rockets as much as anybody, but winning in Toronto, given the season that Toronto has had so far this year, is one of the better wins on, on the season for anybody. And and tonight, Ben McElmore ate threes. He said he uh, lost a good friend from high school oh, and man. Um, was inspired and dedicated his performance tonight to him. So kind of a cool story there. Very cool. Um, number four, the Dallas Mavericks, just like we all predict- predicted. <laughs> Hey man, look look look. Let's, let's talk about this real quick. What's wild is that I don't really have an argument. They're you don't. Incredible. There is no argument. Um, they are fifteen and six, and two of those losses inexplicably came to the New York Knicks. <laughs> there's my argument. And, I take it. Anthony, back. They got this team to is eleven. This team really should be seventeen and four, and yeah. that is like it, it's wild to think that they could have the second best record in the NBA. <laughs> Only they could take care of those pesky Knicks. Um, well, they don't play them they, again this year, so... Yeah, they caught the Knicks while they were hot, I guess, you know. <laughs> Good news. No, but they've won, they've won 9 of 10, and Anthony, they've beaten Toronto, they've beaten San Antonio, they've beat beaten the Houston, they beat the Lakers, they beat Phoenix, they beat Minnesota. Those are all, like, B wins or above. You know, none of those are... They're, you're not, they beat up Golden State and Cleveland in the mix there, but, you know, beating Houston, San Antonio, Toronto, Lakers, those are some great wins. <laughs> They're just, I mean, I don't think they're for real like a contender or anything, but Luka Doncic is a problem, and this is, I, I, I'm i ready to say, the Dallas Mavericks are one of the good teams in the NBA. Yeah, I would I would agree there, because I think they can still get better. Like, Porzingis still hasn't looked quite right, and they're going to get better as, as he continues to improve. It's funny when you look at this, uh, <laughs> you just look at the game highs, the high-end points. Doncic, every single one but three. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the high for rebounds, about... 60% of them. You look at the highs for assists, all but three times. Mm-hmm. This guy is actually twice. Just incredible that he is leading in every category almost every single night on a yeah. very good team. And 20 years old. He can't even buy a drink yet. <laughs> um, number three, I've got the Clippers. I think um, they're going to be, I think, what they are kind of all season where we're not going to get to see the full power of the battleship every all the time. We'll see it in little spurts. But at their best, I will say this, at their best, the Clippers rival the best teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's just we see their best so seldom that – and I wonder how long it's going to take before we – I don't know if they're going to have too many, like, 10-game winning streaks or anything like that, the way the Lakers sort of have strung together some big runs. Um, but I do think at their best, they're, they're right there with anyone. I, I'm getting nervous about the Kawhi thing because even, even in games that he's played in, he's – Paul George has been the better player for a little while now. I don't. Here's a hot take. Is that a crazy thing to say, especially about a regular season? I mean, I think Paul George is a fantastic player and has been for the last several years. I think he's very underrated. But you were talking about Kawhi heading into the season as like it's his league and everybody else got to get out of the way, and and it he hasn't looked like that this year. Well, I don't. I don't know that anybody was saying get out of the way. It's not like when LeBron exists. Yeah, and it wasn't. He wasn't in like a LeBron 2013 level or anything like that. But he is in the conversation. I just think when we talk about the regular season when you have a player of Paul George's caliber right by your side why not let him lead the way on some nights and um so you, but but what, the point you're making is also a point for why the clippers are third and not you know second or first mm-hmm. i i do i'm i don't know as of right now 
whether Kawhi is going to play Friday night against Milwaukee. I hope he does. I I would like to Be get fun. I would like to get one of these matchups between these two teams with with Kawhi going against Giannis. I don't think that's too much to ask, Doc. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess now is the the big moment here between Milwaukee and the Lakers. Well, I'm going to go with number two. I'm going to have to go with the player that has the guy that's just, you know, does it all. Just all around player. You could argue the, you know, the best player in the league right now. Giannis Attentacumpo. Yeah. <laughs> no, Milwaukee Bucks are number two, I think. Um, it's close. Really impressive. You the differential. The well, the differential right now, plus 12.9 you know, per game. Just like ridiculous. They Just like it was last year. Giannis is at a whole new level. It's crazy to say because last year I kind of thought he was at the top and then like, you know, he'd add little pieces and he'd be slightly better. I think he's actually noticeably better of a player. Um, He had a dunk. I think it was on Julius Randle the other day. He always does that thing where he dunks it a little bit further away than you thought he was going to. But he had one on Julius Randle the other day that I was just like, oh, my God, that's humiliating (laughs) because he is just... So what do you do with him? He's a real problem. I, I I think Milwaukee's again really really good, and and I think Giannis is a little bit better than we maybe even give him credit for. Flaming out in the play, not even flaming out, losing in the playoffs last year was sort of the best thing for the Milwaukee to fly under the radar because I think people are just going to write him off again until they until the playoffs roll around. It'll be like okay, prove it to us once you get there. In watching Giannis this year, I think the thing that I've taken away is that he's gotten better in 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 the ways that you're talking about. But he was also he also got better at things that I I didn't think it was possible for him to improve on. So like his physicality and stuff like that, the feats yeah. that he's that he's accomplishing on the court, I didn't like. I thought last year, okay, we're gonna get this from Giannis, and then he's gonna add stuff around the perimeter, and then he comes into this year and he's making those those feats even more the more even the more insane. Uh, that's been pretty cool to watch too. I, I also so number think, so no, oh go ahead. Well, I, I also think the, that Milwaukee figuring out some of the shooting stuff this early in the season is going to pay huge dividends over over the course of the year. Huge dividends. I'd like to see them do it against a little better competition though. <laughs> you just love giving little jabs at the East, but also warranted. And so obviously number one, the only team left, the Miami Heat. I just in <laughs> so, okay, just kidding. <laughs> Miami could have been, by the way, could have been in the top ten. Probably, been. maybe even, maybe even should have been. Um, no, but the Lakers, nineteen and three, and three, their wins on the road at Denver and back to back at Utah. That back to the back to back at altitude is always super tough. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, obviously you watch both games. Neither one of them were as close as the score indicated, and the score didn't indicate it was even the Denver one. I think people maybe thought like, oh, they were in it, but I never felt like Denver was. And mm-hmm. then the Jazz one, I mean, that was a blowout disguised as a semi blowout yeah i think i think but talking between milwaukee and the lakers you could have you could easily put milwaukee up at number one and and the lakers down at number two but i think with the lakers coming off of the back-to-back at altitude the way that they are i think they deserve this top spot um just according to the to the laws that i researched up on uh with with power rankings in general can I can I give you a really hot take? I mean, it's a hot take about your team, um, in a positive right. way for you. The LeBron Anthony Davis pick and roll 
they're almost not using it right now. And I feel like they're not because that's the like break glass and in case of emergency and there's just no emergencies. <laughs> like they, they, I thought in that Nuggets game, you know, LeBron comes out and scores 11 points in three minutes and then just completely took his foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. And then down the stretch, you know, Denver kind of made a run to like, oh, all right, they're going to get scrapping, go back into it. You just run that pick and roll and LeBron just gets to the rim at will. Um, I, I think the Lakers are – obviously they're good. I think that they might have the most unstoppable one-two or like play that LeBron has had in his career. And then here's my final hot take about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. LeBron just might be the best version of himself. I know, I know wow. that's like – I know that's crazy recency bias. Everybody's going to say it's 2013, athletically, physically, whatever. But as a – like his brain – right now is just so wired into the game like he has no mental weaknesses he sees everything he knows how to do everything everything you throw at him he knows he has a counter for and i just i don't know lebron just to me i counted on him sort of taking a step back and, and slowing down i think weirdly enough the opposite has sort of happened well, I mean, he came into this year the most rested he's been in his entire career. But, Anthony, here's the thing, and this is the thing about that Laker game that really jumped out to me because a lot of people have said, like, ooh, he's playing this hard defense and he's going to wear himself out. I thought LeBron coasted, man. Yeah. Like, like he played at 50% and still dominated. And and that's what I, and that's kind of just what I mean is he's out there playing chess, and he's always been that kind of guy, but he's out there playing chess, and it's just a relaxed – it's a very relaxed chess. Yeah, a very relaxed <laughs> game of chess right now. Well, I, I kind of think so. We always think about with shooters that you need at least like three or four of them on the court. You know, three at the very least. You need three guys to be able to space the floor as much as you need to run a modern NBA, a modern NBA offense. And I think what the Lakers are doing on defense is they at all times have, you know, two plus level defenders if not high level plus level defenders and then you know other guys who can kind of coast around there and I think at the beginning of the year LeBron was one of those guys but right now he's more of the coaster in that group and it's allowed him to get better on offense and it's made the Lakers a better overall team because the offense has now picked it up at this stage of the season. The offense just has a sledgehammer. Like they just have yeah. this one move. This they have have certain things that you can't defend. And you can just try to make hard or whatever. But they're not even that hard for the Lakers. And then defensively, as you mentioned, there's the athleticism, the size, and the mobility for that size. It's not just tall players. It's tall players that can move. And um, yeah, I mean, they're just they're very very impressive. I do think that. Perhaps they're a little bit closer to their ceiling. I know that sounds crazy because there's all these new pieces, but they just what they need to do comes so easy to them. But at the same time, they're so much better than everybody else right now that I mean that's that's not that's that's no knock on the Lakers to say that they're playing sort of in midseason form right now. It's the game is very easy to them. Yeah, I mean the the story of the season is going to be how much teams like the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, those title contenders we saw heading into the season that we all saw kind of in the same-ish tier, if not a couple tiers or whatever. How much can all these teams improve? And, you know, one of the things that we really got to watch with the Lakers is where is those? Where are those improvements going to come from? We talked about it with Dallas and Porzingis. And uh, with the Lakers, like, is Kuzma going to turn around? Because he's looked lost. I don't know where they're <laughs> necessarily going to improve. And and they do have that. I've been saying know, this for three years. I've been trying to tell you this for three years. He looks lost. Mariano Rivera cutter that they can always go to. But, but it would be nice to have a few more options that they can develop over the course of the season. 
I'm excited. And it, and it will matter. Look, look it will matter. Team. Look at my team. Look at these guys go. Man, I'm just I'm just happy that something finally broke the Lakers' way. <laughs> <laughs> unlike unlike our recording of the show, uh, which literally everything that could have gone wrong did. So we were able to piece this together, though. This was a fun week of shows. It's been a really fun season thus far. Uh, so we got to keep this thing going. Make sure you guys are tuning in across the entire network and uh, all of our networks, all of the league's networks. Uh, we've had a really great year to this point. Hopefully we finish this thing strong and then keep this thing rolling in 2020. So have a great rest of your weeks and we'll talk to you guys next week.